who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really blown to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. When things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Network. All right, shout out to the mighty Who That Nation, man. Appreciate y'all being in this episode of The Coma. Much love to the fam. Coffee with Q. It's a little later than what we wanted to get going, but shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all being in this episode, man. Big ups to the fam. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys, but we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. Shout out to the fam. Appreciate you being in this one and talk about being upset in press conferences, whether he's talking to Hoss or talking to Bobby Yebear on the radio. He'll sit up there and say, I'm upset, too, but doesn't do anything about it. He'll say he's upset like me or you are upset. We have no power in the building to make changes or force Dennis Allen to make changes to his offense or even to his defense. We have, you know, he has that. He is Dennis Allen's boss. He has the direct ability to go tell Dennis Allen, you need to do this and do that. He won't do that because he don't know how to do that. That ain't his style. His style is to leave you alone. And when you fail, make excuses for you. That's what I'm telling you what it is. He never did that to Sean Payton. He didn't need to do it. He figured he can do Payton and Dennis Allen the same kind of way, which you can't. Dennis Allen needs more oversight than a Sean Payton would. But he treats them the same. Because that's his style of playing. And this dude is in his 60s. He got, he's a dinosaur. He got his mentality already. I ain't trying to, my guys in the 60s, you know, my people out there are very, really good. But I'm saying in terms of his thought process, he has a dinosaur mentality. Like he's not going to adjust what he's been doing for 20 years for no matter who it is. You get what I'm saying? Because I don't want to clump my 60-year-olds in with, Dennis, with Mickey Loomis's thought process. But the reality is you have to be a person that adjusts in the NFL landscape to be relevant or guys like Les Need or John Lynch or how Howie Roseman will fleece him because he's not the guy you thought he was. I, I, I've explained this. That's when I learned that I said, ah, okay, I got it. I got it now. I got it now. And I know just what's about to happen. So, I mean, like I'm, I'm in the right neighborhood. I'm just hitting on everybody else. So let's, let's cover this. Let's talk a little bit about the background right quick, just to give you a little preference here. Right. 
You've been involved with the NFL for 37 years, right? 22 years with the Saints. This is Mickey Loomis. Involved with the NFL for 37 years, almost 40 years of service to the NFL. He's been with the Saints for 22 seasons. He was promoted to general manager back in 02. And then later on that year, they gave him the vice president of, uh, of the football operations, which entails coaching, player personnel, scouting, salary cap management, contract negotiations, athletic training, equipment, video, and communications. All he did is hire the guys to watch over that. Now, the salary cap management and stuff is stuff that he handled, but he trained Kai Harley. Harley's the guy now that can do all that. Harley can do what Mickey Lomas does. You see, in many ways, Fontenot operates with Atlanta in the same type of measurement with his own spin on it. So we don't really need him to cook the books anymore. We got somebody that's, that's younger, that has a vision that needs to be promoted to the general manager position. And so in terms of people saying fire Mickey Loomis, they won't fire Mickey Loomis. The best that we want him to be is him keep the vice president's title and get the hell out of the way. Keep the VP job, give up the general manager position to Kyle Harley. That's one of the things I talked about when we do the uh, the the final or the season recap stream or looking at the future of what needs to happen based on, you know, just my, my observations. Then, of course, in 06, after being a key figure in the hiring of Sean Payton, the signing of Drew Brees and essentially rebuilding a team that would advance in the NFC championship, they're kind of romanticizing it. The reality is this, like they do this, they'll go back into history and change it around. This is how it happened. Because this is how it happened without the romanticism. Like, yo, we was just we just knew what we was doing. No, 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 no. That's not how it went, family. I'm going to keep it real. I'm a diehard man. I just got to keep the truth. It, no, no romanticism about it. What happened was Chom Benson, rest his soul, wanted Gary Kubiak for the job. Problem was, so did the Houston Texans. So he had both of them competing for his services. Sean, I mean, uh, Mickey wanted Kubiak. Because Kubiak was an offensive coordinator dealing with the Broncos. They had, they had ran a really good offensive system, like Slowak, the dude that's, I think he with the Texans now, who, that's who learned from Kubiak's style of offense. And Kubiak had a, a pretty damn good offensive style. They wanted him here. That's the God honest truth. They wanted him here. And he had two championship rings, two Super Bowl rings as an offensive coordinator with the, with the Broncos. They wanted him here. Cause they felt like he had the championship caliber. You know, he had that, that all that going on, but Houston wanted him. Houston said, here's the offer for him. He turned around. He being Gary Kubiak went to Tom Benson and says, can you match this? Tom Benson said, no Kubiak went to Texans and Peyton was the, 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 the second guy that they wanted. They want, he was the second on the list. They wanted Kubiak. They wanted Kubiak and Kubiak tried. Like I said, I'm said again, he then went to the, the Texans gave him an offer. He took the offer to Tom Benson and said, can you match it? Tom Benson said, no, he went to Houston and they said, let's go with the second guy, Sean Payton. Now that don't sound romantic, but that is how it went. And also with the Drew Brees thing, he helps get Drew Brees. When Sean took the job, he had a difficult thing because he was, the, the city was coming from the Katrina, you know, stuff that was happening. And the team was basically garbage. What was left over prior to Katrina because before Katrina hit, there was a trash team with Aaron Brooks on top of it. It was trash. So, I mean, when all that happened and everything went its way, 
Then they went to Drew Brees and Drew Brees didn't want to come to New Orleans. He was trying to go to Miami. Nick Saban was the head coach at the time. Nick Saban was had to make a decision on both either Drew Brees or Dante Culpepper. And Nick Saban was the head coach and general manager of the Dolphins at the time. Drew Brees was trying to go to Miami. And when the Miami Dolphins, Nick Saban chose Culpepper, then Drew came to New Orleans. You see that? But they'll try to spin it like, oh, he wanted to come to the city and help out the city. That was after he was not chosen by the Dolphins. And Sean Payton was the, the, the runner up to Gary Kubiak. That's not that's not that's taking the romanticism out of it. And that's how it played. But when Sean got down here and Drew finally got and they got Drew after he decided to not go to when they didn't want him in Miami, he came here. That's when they started putting it together. They had the drafts. All that's under the direction of Sean Payton working with Mickey Loomis, sharing his vision and telling him we need to do this. We need to get this. We need to do that. And then Mickey did it. That's what he was an expensive gopher. I'm no disrespect, but I'm saying that's his role. He's not a visionary dude that's going to say we're going to take this team and turn it into something like a Roseman or a Lynch or something like that. He, that's not what he does. That's not who he is as a general manager. He will hand you the team and then get out of the way and let you run it. He won't go over your back. When you're losing games, he won't come into your office and says, hey, man, listen, I need you. Maybe you should think about changing this up and doing this. No, he doesn't do any of that. Matter of fact, I got a point to prove. Remember what happened with Jameis Winston last year? What was Mickey Loomis? The question I was asking that nobody was asking was, where's Mickey Loomis at with Jameis Winston going to the press telling them that Dennis Allen lied about him playing? Where was Loomis at? I thought Mickey Loomis was the guy you supposed to go to. Where was he at in this whole fiasco? Hmm? Where was he at? I can tell you where he was at. He was in agreement with Dennis Allen. Whatever Dennis Allen would say, you know, I won't listen, James. Dennis is a coach. Whatever he says goes. So he had nothing left to do because James Williams ain't going to go to the press over. They got a chain that you got to go up to. If the coach is not, you go up the ladder. And then when you don't have anybody else to reach to, then you go to the press. That's the last resort. It's a pecking order, what I'm saying, of how you list grievances out. And if the guy don't want to listen, then the last result is to go to the press, to get it out there, to create pressure outside, to put pressure on them inside. That's what we're talking about. So anyway, but this is the reality, man. We just we just getting game, giving some kind of a breakdown here of who this guy is, as Mickey Loomis is. Promoted to general manager. So as you see, he got the vice president position for the saints the same year he got the general manager position it's a way of them saving money bro that the saints did that all the time under show under uh tom benson rest his soul at one time they had mickey loomis as the vice president of basketball operations for the pelicans mickey don't know nothing about no basketball i mean this is what they did because they would load you up with titles and then as opposed to hiring another person to do the, the actual work they would give a person two titles like they did Dale Demps when he was the general manager. They made him the vice president of basketball operations, for real. They were supposed to give it to Joe Dumars, and Joe Dumars say, man, I listen, I, I can do it, but it's going to cost this amount. You know what they did? Uh, never mind, we give it to Dale. For real. These people do cheap shit like this all the time. I'm just laying it out. It ain't romantic, but it's the truth. And then it gets into 06 after being a key figure and the hiring of Peyton, the signing of Drew, rebuilding the team and all this kind of stuff. And then he really really reaped the rewards over 17 years next of all the success that coach Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they all moved together and they made a lot of success. 175 and 16 in the 17 years that they were there. Right. 
And then it all changed in 2022. Loomis conducted an extensive coaching search on behalf of the organization that led the Saints into the future. And following the search, Dennis Allen was promoted for defensive coordinator and hired as the 17th head coach in franchise history. It was a mock sham search, which was jokeable. I'm surprised that uh, Brian Flores didn't have the Saints in his lawsuit for violating the Rooney rule. The Saints did all this stuff and then turned around and hired Dennis Allen. And they did it off of the comeuppance of Sean Payton. Sean Payton told them that, hey, Dennis should be the guy. And even though they had other guys that were more qualified than Dennis Allen that would do the job, guys like Dougie Peterson, they still turned around and gave it to Dennis Allen. Still turned around and gave it to him. So, uh, like I said, man, and then that is his coaching style. So, after 17 years of doing the same thing, you expect him to then change it up with the, the last two years of dealing with. Dennis Allen, he's going to, he's not going to do it. Cause that's not his management style. That's not his management style. Like I said, what he'll do is he'll, what he'll do is what Mickey Loomis does is he'll spend, he'll, he'll hire you and let you run the team and let's run it into the sky or run it into the ground. Either way, he's going to come out and protect you. You're going to say, we got the best guys in the building. We got this. And he remind and my, and granted, he's supposed to be always constantly evaluating. All we, every week is supposed to be an evaluation process. Every week is supposed to be him evaluating where the team is going. And he's supposed to, when he sees the team is struggling and they're going on losing streaks, he should be in there or calling Dennis Allen to his office to have a, a discussion. But he won't do that because that's not his management style. I've understood that and realized that that's why I'm telling y'all that today. So y'all don't get as mad with making Loomis to understand that's not what he does. He's not going to tell Dennis Allen what to do because in many cases, he don't know what to do. That's not his expertise. He's a book cooker. He's a can kicker. He'll get the player that you want and kick the can down the road to afford him. That's what he does. He's not going to go up in there like a Howie Roseman and say, listen, man, y'all need to stop this. Or Terry Fontenot and force Arthur Smith to play this other quarterback as opposed to this other guy. He won't do that. He'll let you run it into the ground because there's a certain level of comfort that he have, like he can't be that he can't be fired. And he's kind of untouchable. And to a degree, he is untouchable in the Saints organization. Because Gail would have to see Mickey Loomis as a as a as a, a liability, as it were. But me personally, I think Mickey Loomis needs to be gone in terms of the vice uh, as a, the general manager. He has the vice president title. He doesn't need two titles. He can't do two jobs, obviously. So general manager needs to be Kai Harley. Lead, let him keep the VP and get the hell out of the way. And the, and the future of the team should be in the hands of a young general manager and let him get his own coach and break apart this good old boy circle that exists because of Sean Payton. Because Sean Payton not being here, it's not going to work because none of these guys that are here have any inkling of Sean Payton's ability and aggression or his leadership ability. They don't have none of that. All of these guys are failures without Sean Payton. Let's keep it real. When you pull Sean Payton from out of here, all these Batman and Robin ass characters that we have, you got Batman and Robin them running the team, right? I mean, not Batman, Robin and the sidekicks running the team. And they look like this. You pull Sean up out of here. These guys are nothing without Sean Payton. And it's obvious. The offense is nothing without Sean Payton. The team is nothing without Sean Payton's guidership. And Mickey Loomis is as normal as it gets without Sean Payton. Everything's exposed when Sean Payton left. They can't even do nothing, and they still got Coach Payton's players. 
These people are nothing without Sean Payton. It's time to destroy and break all this up and get some new leadership down here. That's what I'm talking about. These guys are nothing without Sean Payton. All right, Brent says, Big Q or the possum. <laughs> I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know, brother, if they're a part of the dinosaur family or not. Yeah, they, they might be, bro. I mean, I don't know. You got They get along pretty well, don't they? Uh, I'm going right. to say thank you, thank you very much. We can be young and then you back to this world. Oh, man, they get along pretty well. That's all I can tell you, Brent. Thank you for that. They're nothing. They're nothing without Sean Pate, fam. If it, isn't it obvious? Put one in the chat if it's obvious. I'm not being mean, but I'm telling you what's going on here. These people, they created the whole matrix without Coach Payton being there. They thought that they can run the team with Coach Payton's system. And a lot, I thought that they could until I said, man, all this dude, he can't screw this up. He can't screw this up. I mean, all he has to do is do this, and then he screwed it up. Because Dennis Allen doesn't have any leadership ability or any disciplinarian ability, no attention to detail. He doesn't deserve to be a head coach in the NFL. He really doesn't. He really doesn't deserve this job. He got it because Peyton told Mickey Loomis to hire him, and Mickey Loomis loves Sean Peyton. He gave, he said, oh, yeah, well, Sean told me to, and I hired him. You know, he will never say that. He'll say he chose him, but we all know the only reason he got the job is because of Sean Peyton. Sean told him he should be the, 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 the guy, that he should be the new coach, and all of a sudden he was. So that either makes Sean Peyton a prophet, with all type of weird Nostradamus type abilities, or it makes Mickey a flunky for Sean Payton. Which one are you going with? <laughs> is he a seer? Is he is he what's going? Is he Nostradamus? Is that what you're telling me? Is Mickey Loomis Nostradamus, or is he a flunky for Payton? Is he the one or the other, fam? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is he the one or the other? I mean, come on now. All right. So anyway, man, listen. That's all, you know, this this is the crazy part of the game, man. But anyway, I just want family members to understand, man, that this is what we're dealing with. I don't want y'all to be blowing in the gaskets or whatnot uh, and understand, man, that, well, you know, it is what it is currently because, you know, it's just it's just sad, man. It's, it's, it really is sad. It's sad because what the worst part about it is they're wasting away all of the good, the remaining years of Demario Davis and Cam and, you know, and Tyron Matthew, they're wasting this away. They're wasting it away. We got Elvin Kamara here. We're not going to have these ter- this terrific collection of players for an extended period of time. Sooner or later, these guys are going to go. And we're, we're just squandering these years, these really good years, that we should be competing for something with this nonsense, with this bullshit coach. You change the coach. You change these people out. We get the team back to winning. That's what really matters. When you got these people up here, man, this is garbage. And like I said, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I'm telling y'all the truth. This stuff was created. They trying to keep Peyton's mentality in the building. But the problem is they don't have none of his intelligence or his discipline ability. It's just Batman. It's just Batman sidekicks running the show and Superboy, uh, whoever the whatever sidekicks there is that nobody wants to watch. Nobody want to see Robin, you know, uh, running around and Superboy running. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see of any in it. It's just sidekicks running the show. And that's why it looks like this. It's sidekicks running the show. Anyway, look, I'm gonna just let me play this for y'all, man. This is this is a video from last year. This is the end of 2022 uh season press conference. This press conference happened 
uh, several weeks after the season and it was supposed to happen the next week, but it happened several weeks later because of all of the stuff that was going on. Now, the Saints win and listen, I want them to win. I want to win. I want to win. I want to break the playoff drought that we're currently on. I want to win. I want to win because if you lose, you really don't get that type of draft. You end up in the middle of the draft, you know, 14, 15, 16 around there with the draft picks. Uh, you know, you end up in there. At least when you win, you got something going on. You have an opportunity. Maybe it sparks something in the team, whatever. I want to win. That's just how my nature is. I'm, I'm a person with a, with that mentality. I want to win. I don't want a, my team to tank out. I want to win. And I know that our window of opportunity that we have is not a window that's going to last very long before we have to eventually kind of move to something else and re- re- kind of reboot the team, so to speak. But speaking of Nostradamus, this could be a brief window into the season in two weeks from now. <laughs> this could be a brief window to what the team going to look like in two weeks with, with, with this is with this guy going to get up here and say. But anyway, let's play it, man. I'm going to play a few minutes of it and give y'all guys what could be the future in two weeks. Here we- Thank Doug. We've been at this a long time. Every year there are challenges. But yeah. When you look at this year, how far over the cap you are. Yeah. Worst record since 85. I mean, 2005. No number one. I mean, the, the collection of challenges. How did you describe that? Yeah. Um, look, all those things are true, but yet, I, you know, it's a little misleading, I think, to say, for example, we don't have a number one. Well, we traded that. We got two number ones this year. So I'm really happy with those two guys. Um, not happy that, you know, Trevor was injured and, and that slowed his progress. But, but um, I think we're really excited about uh, Trevor and Chris as being part of our team. So um, the cap is, is a challenge. Look, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's a bit of a, um, it's always been a challenge for us, you know, for the last, um, you know, five or six years when you have a good team, that's what happens. But, uh, you know, I think the COVID year obviously uh, created a little bit more of a challenge for us than we expected and we'll deal with it, you know. Um, yeah. So that I'm not, there's nothing there that, uh, well, it's always concerning. So I don't want to say it's not concerning. And yet, you know, we, we've, uh, I think we, we do a good job of handling that. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, yeah, it's primarily the player evaluations we'll go through, and and then um, you know we'll talk about staffing and all that uh, in the in the coming weeks. You know, I like to have a little bit of time go by after the season's over, so you take some of the emotion out of it. Um, so this week's kind of a down week. Yeah, no, we haven't. There's no, we haven't even really discussed it, to be honest with you. I hope so. <laughs> um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know that because you know some of that rise gets mitigated by you know what happened with the COVID year and 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 some of the smoothing out that the league's doing. But we haven't uh, we haven't got a number yet from the league. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's vague for us right now. So, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have answers for that. That's above my pay grade at this point, I guess. Can you uh, elaborate on the 
from the team's standpoint, what, what did y'all want to accomplish with that in that conference for negotiation? Yeah, I think we just wanted some flexibility for both of us to, you know, um, see where we're at going forward and give us a little time to, um, you know, work on that. Look, the main thing here with Mike is for him to get healthy and get back being the player that um, that he's been for us in the past. And, you know, look, I was really excited about him uh, at the beginning of our season. And, and uh, unfortunately he had the, he had the toe injury and, and, and uh, that had to get taken care of, but um, it's not anything that he can't come back from. This is a little briefness into it. This is a window into the future family. I'm serious. This is what it pretty much is going to look like. I'm, I'm being honest with you. This is last year's end of the season press conference that happened way after the season ended. It was supposed to be like the following week after when you get up there and you address it. That didn't happen for weeks later. And he talking about after the emotion, he had to not, I had to not, I took a little time. I was had to let the emotion out of it. What emotion? What are you, what are you talking about? What emotion you had at the end of the season that you didn't have during the season when you had an opportunity to stop this? You see what I'm saying? This is proof. That's what I was saying to the family members. Like, I don't know, Q. I hear what you're saying about uh, this, that, and the third, and it's not. I'm giving you video proof of how he hates and how he, he's been behaving. This has been his his signature move for for the last 20-some-odd years, especially under Sean Payton. You didn't see it because most of the time they were winning. But when you really see it now that they're losing with Dennis Allen, that he's not attached to him, he will spin all type of narratives to protect him. He will come out even if against you and your frustrations. Like you are literally in within your rights to come out and tell them, listen, we are dissatisfied with how this team is performing. And then they would spin it around like you're the problem. Your your booing is bad. It's not helping us win. He literally said that. Well, booing doesn't help. Well, cheering doesn't help either. We were cheering your ass before we started booing you. That didn't help you. So we started booing you. But the boo is because that's the sign of displeasure. When they're booing you at home, that's a sign that you're doing something wrong. People are not just going to start booing your ass for nothing. It don't work like that. And might I add, this is a part of the Saints propaganda that Mickey likes, this weak-ass kindergarten style of propaganda that he likes to throw out at you, is that they try to spin the madness of what's happened around the team on you. Like, you, well, you need to support better. Y'all guys got to still support us. That's how they spin it. Like, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. We're not supporting something that's not doing what it's supposed to do and calls your dis- your uh, your displeasure of the team as, no- as noise. I don't want to hear that noise. Oh, you don't want to hear the fact that the people are dissatisfied with you because of what you've done. This is your team. This is your coach, and he stinks. He's not doing anything. It's, bar- it's bad football week after week in most cases, and people are booing. They're, they're cutting their tickets out. They're not going to the game. They got Saints tickets online for $7. <laughs> when the last time you know that happened, but he still won't relent because he only know one move at this point of his development is to keep doing what he'd been doing for the last 20 years. This dude won't change, man. He won't change. And that's why I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all just heard a small brief inside of him talking about, he had to take the emotion out. What emotion? Well, I was upset. Why? Well, we lost. Of course. Yeah. Come on. We, we didn't get to the playoffs. I, I was upset. Well, Weren't you upset during the season? Well, yeah. Then why did you do anything about it? Well, well, well we're not going to get in that. I'm not talking about that. I, you know, I, I have to wait. You know, I have to let it all out. You know, I have to let wait. I calm down. No, 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 no. I don't care if you're mad of mad of nothing. 
I really don't care if Mickey Loomis is upset. I really don't. It, with how he feels, it doesn't mean a hill of beans to me because Mickey Loomis is not putting any goddamn money in my pocket or any of you guys' pocket unless you're cutting his grass or something like that. He ain't doing shit for us over here. Let me tell you something. That's the bottom line. The reality is, is that if you want change, you got to change him out and put the next man in because he won't come with anything different except, except for what he's been doing, which is placating and protecting Dennis Allen, which he shouldn't do. But this is what he's trained to do, which is why I say it won't change until chains are made at that level. So the game plan going forward and the question to the broadcast is, should, you know, will the Saints keep uh, Dennis Allen? Yeah, Brent, thank you, says, why why you seem so urgent, Big Q, midseason? Come on. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's just a joke, man, for making Loomis. And people kind of roasting him on that, too, and talking about um, – his talking point, you know, that he said in the press conference uh, or the presser was, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to even answer that question about Jaden Daniels. The man asked him straight up about Jaden Daniels because it makes them look like fools, even though they look like fools right now. But it, in their minds, it makes them look even more foolish. If I just paid one hundred and fifty million dollars to a guy to be the quarterback and I'm drafting a first round draft pick quarterback the next year, they believe that's an insult to car. Now the way they coddle car and don't protect him. Don't tell him the truth for how he stinks and staring the field down and all that kind of stuff. They do nothing to fix it. They just work around it, which means that lets me know that they're not serious about winning because the one thing that's consistent is he keeps doing the same things over and over again, which. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.